Thanks a lot. We have Gary Stevens, Hall of Fame jockey, uh, a three-time winner of the Kentucky Derby, three-time winner of the Preakness, three times in the Belmont, an 11-time Breeder' Cup win. Uh, thanks a lot, Gary, for coming on Iron Sports. Uh, it's my pleasure. Always good to be across the, the country and uh, on the airwaves at this time <laughs> and uh, during this pandemic. Well, we're broadcasting, of course, from West Palm Beach, so we appreciate you coming on. Um, and... Uh, but uh, the reason, I mean, this should have been, like last year we had, you had uh, the same weekend, the same week, Monday, we had you on talking about the whole controversy with the Kentucky Derby. This year, no controversy. Of course, the Derby's not being run, did not, did not run, and is going to be run in September. But, uh, so we'll just give your, you know, just your feelings about the whole horse racing season and everything's been pushed around. Uh, just your commentary about everything. Well... I mean, it's changed the whole picture with the Derby running in September, and and thank goodness uh, for Oakland Park and and having the um, wherewithal to be able to split the Arkansas Derby on the first Saturday in May. It was a celebration for myself. It's uh, just for the fact that you know it was Derby Day, and and there was uh, not one but two Derbies uh, running, and we saw a couple of uh, superstars, I think, in the making, if not already superstars, but. Uh, there's a lot of time between now and September. Yeah, I mean, I, I was excited for the Arkansas Derby and this horse. You hadn't seen Charlatan had run two races, and but people kept talking about how fast the, the horse was. And then just wire to wire at the Arkansas for that first race. Uh, what did you know about Charlatan? And what, you know, we had to be impressed by that performance. I, I was impressed with Charlatan before he ever ran. He's one of those horses uh, with a presence that just watching him canter in the morning. Uh, there's something about him, and and when he would walk by Clockers Corner at Santa Anita, he was one of those that you know you may be in mid conversation with somebody just uh, shooting the bull a little bit, and and uh, you look up and see this big magnificent colt. Uh, even though Baffert says he's smaller than Justify, he's comparing him to Justify, which is pretty good in itself. But he's one of those that you just do a double take and go, who's that? And um, you know, he answered it in the afternoon, his first race, uh, winning by 10 and, and three-quarter lengths, and then coming back, you know, stretching out two turns and, and a, a short field. Uh, but And who knows what was behind him, but he did it the, the right way, winning by six and a quarter lengths again. So um, there were a lot of high expectations, a lot of hype going in, a lot of pressure on, on the camp. Uh, but he answered the call, and he answered it in the right way. And then in the second race at Arkansas, uh, Nadal, I'm a, I'm a huge tennis fan, Gary, so I, I'm, I'm drawn to the name, but the fact that Nadal was able to win that second, and that was for another Baffert entry. Well, he's named right. I'll tell you that. I'm a huge tennis fan as well, and a huge uh, uh, Nadal fan, uh, not only on the tennis court, but on the racetrack. And uh, I, I thought his uh, performance, just because of the circumstances and the depth of the, the field was was a bit better than than Charlatan, but Charlatan wasn't wasn't tested in his race whatsoever. So we don't know what's in the tank with him. But Nadal is he's answered every question. Uh, he loves a battle, uh, and and he's tough tough to de- defeat in a game set match. You know he he hands <laughs> it to him. That's great. And then certainly we're down here and I watched the Florida Derby. I mean, it was on, of course, there was no fans at, at the Florida Derby. I love going to Gulfstream uh, for a, it's a it's a great track and there's a lot of restaurants and everything in the, in the normal before the shutdown days. But uh, Tis the Law had a good win in the Florida Derby and is going to be one of the favorites for the for the Kentucky Derby. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm reading the uh, the dailies, uh, the racing dailies uh, yesterday and today, and I was, you know, I was I was covering the races obviously on Fox, and and uh, I witnessed it, so I didn't need to read a lot. But it, it all of the hype is on the three Bafferts. Don't forget about Authentic. Uh, he'll be running uh, June June sixth, and the Santa Anita Derby has been rescheduled, and he may be the best of Bafferts bunch. But everybody is overlooking Tis the Law. And Tis the Law is, uh, he, he's a specimen, man, and, and he's a good horse. And Barkley Tag, he's been through uh, with Funny Side, the Triple Crown, before. He knows how to prepare a horse for a specific date, working backwards from that date to uh, today. And um, we don't know what races are going to be scheduled uh, with points. He's got enough points already to get in the Kentucky Derby, but. It'll be interesting to see how Barkley Tag handles him, and and people better not uh, just be looking at the Baffert horses, uh, you know. And we're five months away right now, and and uh, things are going to go south with some horses, and there's some horses that may not have been prepared for uh, May second uh, that will be prepared for that first Saturday in September. You you raise a great point. I mean, some of the Courses that we think about, like even Seabiscuit wasn't ready, didn't run the Triple Crown um, races because it wasn't ready to run. So many of these great horses that go on to later careers, they didn't run because they weren't, they just weren't ready for May. But then they were they had these careers. So maybe some horse that will come out undeveloped because of the extra four months now between the Derby and the, where the Derby was supposed to be and where the Derby is now. Yeah, right. I mean, I mentioned it the other day in our coverage that, um, you know, in September, that's usually at that time of year. Um, that's when the the three year olds start testing the waters of, of older horses. They're mature enough for it, um, and if they're good enough, they're going to defeat their more experienced uh, elders that may not have the ability of the three year old that has improved uh, from the first Saturday in May until the first Saturday in September. So the whole picture. In my mind, we got to keep an open mind and, and keep an eye on everybody who's qualifying, who's improving with time. I mean, Baffert may have something over there that's never even started yet that <laughs> we haven't seen that may qualify uh, for the Derby. Well, that's exciting. And then I I did love what they had on NBC uh, with the simulated Derby. I mean, it was pretty. It was corny. I agree. Thirteen horses, all Triple Crown winners. But it was interesting to see how it played out, and I got to. It made me study some of these great horses that you didn't really think about in the past, and actually when they raced against each other. So I know Secretariat won, Citation was second, Seattle Slough was third, Affirm fourth, American Pharaoh fifth. Did you get a chance to watch that? And and uh, what did you feel about the the results? How they had the virtual derby of the of the top Triple Crown winners? No, I, I I'll be honest with you. I was covering uh, I was covering the Arkansas races at the same time that the NBC telecast was going on. I was on uh, Fox Sports One and did a four hour shift, so I didn't. <laughs> I still haven't got a chance. But somebody tweeted uh, uh, me the results during uh, during our telecast. I've always got my phone available and, and ready during commercial break and. And I saw the results, and I wasn't surprised at all that the, the big red monster uh, got the job done. 
You know, I was surprised that I, what I, you know, Secretary was one, and then Citation, I was reading into that. People of all the older, quote, older horses, people thought Citation run by Eddie Arcaro, the jockey, was was this elite horse better than all the other ones that when, when they won the Triple Crown in the 30s and 40s uh, in terms of finishing second. But I didn't realize that Seattle Slew and Affirmed ran a race against each other in 78 after Affirmed won the, won the uh, they won the Marble Cup. And I watched it today before I knew we were having you on. I couldn't believe Slew. And it was a great race. I mean, Seattle Seattle Slough held off affirmed and, and won in Belmont the Marble Cup. Yeah, I mean, there were so many great horses and, and still great horses. But, you know, things were different back back in the day. And to compare uh, horses of today to horses in the past, I, I think, it, you know, our, our uh, breeding program has changed uh, a lot more. The horses maybe aren't as hickory as they were back in the day. Uh, but that can't really be proven because... Uh, with the value of these stallions, I mean, going back to the syndication of uh, Secretariat, uh, they become so valuable uh, that they their their careers are cut short because of their value in the stallion barn, and, and they can't afford really to pay the insurance, on, uh, the mortality insurance on a horse of that value. So they're retired earlier than, than they were back in the day because of that stallion value. So it, it's, it's tough to decipher. Uh, I think the virtual race was was great. Um, I know there were algorithms uh, that were involved. I'm not a math genius, so I'll leave that to Jonathan <laughs> Kitchen and, and some of the professional uh, gamblers out there. But uh, it, it was it was fun. My wife uh, she watched uh, moments of of the telecast. She enjoyed it, and everybody I've talked to, uh, you know, they got to celebrate the the Derby in a different way. And I think they were flipping channels back and forth, watching live racing and and watching the uh, simulated race so pretty cool we're talking gary stevens hall of fame jockey three-time derby winner preakness winner and three-time belmont winner um i i went, went back to, i also went back in 2015 you know when we're talking about american pharaoh which finished fifth in the race in the in the simulated race but you know considered a, a better horse than justified by a lot of people but that derby that he ran against firing line where you were riding fire the firing line what a race that was i mean i remember the race and you sort of think about american pharaoh and from the belmont but man you you were you had that was neck and neck almost the entire race yeah I, i'll be honest with you i i don't know if uh if american pharaoh fired his best shot that day uh to be honest with you because what he went on and did winning the triple crown coming back and winning the breeders cup classic the way he did at keeneland he was a very special horse, and all I can say is firing line was a very special horse. And had he had I been able to get him to, to switch leads through the stretch, he was running on his left lead all the way through the stretch, and, and he was tiring, he was laboring, and for whatever reason, he, he wouldn't switch. I tried him twice, and, and then I just left him alone, and I said, uh, you know, I, I had that feeling uh, at the quarter pole. I, I, heard, uh, I heard Victor Espinosa urging him verbally, and, and I heard a couple of pops of the whip on, on uh, American Pharaoh's shoulder just inside of the 3 eighths pole, and I said, I got him. I knew I had Dortmund any time I wanted him. He was my target. He carried me into the stretch, and I said, let the battle begin. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was going to win my fourth uh, fourth derby off of, uh, you know, being off for nine months with a knee replacement and stuff and, and uh, uh, coming off of that, that, uh, that hiatus, it was, it was pretty cool to at least have that feeling um, for about uh, 25 seconds to the stretch. And when American Pharaoh finally got in front of me, uh, firing line, he was fighting back gallantly, but uh, just wasn't meant to be. 
And then also, I mean, now people are stuck at their home and they're watching movies. And it seems like every time I turn on On Demand, like Seabiscuit comes up. And you actually were the, you played Jockey George Wolf in Seabiscuit. So you're a, a famous actor too, besides being a, being one of the greatest jockeys of all time. And to talk a little about playing, being in that, because I think, I, I mean, it's amazing how many people I'm talking to about horse racing. Like, oh yeah, just watch Seabiscuit. Like, I mean, like everybody's been watching Seabiscuit. So the movies, it was back in 2003, but it still came back now and people are watching it. Yeah, it's a, it's a movie for the ages, and we, we could kind of feel that uh, when we were watching the dailies uh, filming it, and I was new to it. Uh, I loved it, um, and the best part about it, I met my wife uh, the first day of shooting. Uh, she was a production assistant and actually uh, took me at 5.30 in the morning. Uh, we were at um, the old Pomona Fairplex Park, uh, was playing Aqua Caliente, and it was my first big day of shooting. We were doing the... the where I drive up in the car and I walk into the jocks room and, and everything. Anyway, it was uh, 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning. I had no idea. I'd never been on a, on a set before. And, and this beautiful girl came up to me and she said, you look lost. Um, are you talent or are you uh, an extra? And I said, no, I'm talent. And <laughs> she said, who are you? Who, who's your character? And I said, George Wolf. She said, you're doing makeup in 15 minutes. I'll show you to your trailer and then uh, makeup. And uh we wound up getting married four years later, and we have a beautiful eleven-year-old uh, daughter, soon to be twelve. Uh, she was she was born uh, on June fourth, uh, the day after the Kentucky Dur- or after the Belmont Stakes. So she's a Belmont baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's just an amazing. Uh, that's a great story. Um, you know, I wore the, the story about Seabiscuit was that War Admiral won the Triple Crown that year, and then and then they uh, and then they actually had a match race, I guess, between uh, that's what you saw in the movie between War Admiral and Seabiscuit. But uh, that's a it's just that was such a great movie, and, and I just can't believe how you were watching it. And you had such an active role in it, and but you haven't done any acting since then, or have you done been anything else since since Seabiscuit? Oh yes, I, I've done uh, several several things since then. Uh, uh, the biggest being, which was a bigger role than than uh, George Wolfe and Seabiscuit, I played Ronnie Jenkins in the HBO special uh, Luck with uh, Dustin Hoffman, Nick Nolte, uh, some of the greatest. And and unfortunately, we were canceled after the first year because of a couple of horses and the animal rights people coming in and getting us shut down. But um, we had already filmed. Uh, three episodes of the second season and and it was if you haven't if you haven't watched it uh get on your netflix or whatever and check out luck you'll you'll appreciate it you'll like it and, and my character ronnie jenkins it, it'll tell you a lot about my comeback uh after filming when i was retired and doing uh, television analysts uh for nbc and also uh hrtv at the time um i i stopped doing that to be a full-time actor for over a year and when they canceled this, uh, my character kind of came into play, and, and I figured I needed to get get my life straightened out and, and get back to race riding. So uh, there's there's a story behind the story. Gary, I really appreciate you coming on Iron Sports. Um, you, this is I know there's this is just tremendous to have you on. The story about Kentucky Derby is great, and your analysis of of the Derby field. So I'd love to have you come on again. You know, maybe in the fall when we start. To, it's weird to say when we race the Kentucky Derby in September, but uh, would love to have you back on another time. And thank you again for coming on Iron Sports.